0: If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out EasyBeasy. EasyBeasy is easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With EasyBeasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeezy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeezy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeezy. Try EasyBeezy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Mulchan, and today I'm excited to bring back on a returning guest and friend. His name is Adam Lindman, of uh, Lindman Lawn Care and Landscaping. He's also the owner or one of the owners of Green Executive and the podcast host of the Profit First for Landscaper Podcast. So welcome back, Adam. thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you having me back.
0: Yeah. So just for those that aren't familiar with yourself and, and what the Green Executive is all about, you mind sharing a little bit of that information?
1: Sure. So uh, I have uh, Lenneman Lawn Care Landscaping. I've had that for 29 years. I still actively run my landscaping business. And then in 2017, I also started a landscape industry consulting firm called The Green Executive. At The Green Executive, we offer kind of three core services. It's a green industry bookkeeping services, profit first for landscapers implementation, as well as probably the third specialty we have is Implementation of LMN software. So those are kind of our three core service offerings uh, there.
0: That's awesome. Uh, And I know your your wife Sarah's. You know she talks to my wife Katie all the time, and she's like traveling all around the world, or not the world, but all over the country. Seems like
1: yeah, she's staying busy with the implementations. And what we found is actually a good portion of our clients that hire us to come out to do the LMN software implementation even hires to come back out again a second or a third time, particularly as certain key people or or certain staff inside their landscaping businesses, maybe they might change or rotate. And so if they bring someone else in, they need some training with that as well. So she oftentimes does some revisits and that's always fun, fun as well.
0: Nice. Now, a little bit for the show, you mentioned that you're going to be down at the equip expo, right? What are you going to do down there? You have any plans for when you get down there?
1: Nothing major. So we, we go down to the equip expo for really kind of two reasons. Number one is to, Honestly, just shake hands, meet our current clients that are down there and say hello, uh, meet potential new clients. Then we're also there on behalf of Turfs Up Radio. So we do a live radio show on turfsupradio.com. It's recorded as a podcast, but I want to stress it's also live 24-7. It's an internet streaming radio station. So we'll be down at the Equip Expo going around and doing some, uh, some interviews with different types of vendors and showgoers at the Equip Expo. So that's the other reason why we're down there as well
0: awesome yeah you guys have got to go check out the equip expo it, it is an amazing amazing event it's full of equipment and all kinds of great toys and all kinds of great software and pretty much anything you can think of for landscaping industry and, and as a whole a
1: lot goes on there and um you know you could probably spend easily five or six days there if you wanted to try to hit everything but they cram it all like in what three three and a half days and so yeah it's like good luck <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'd never heard of anybody making it through the entire thing, unless you didn't stop at any booth. But if you stop, (laughs) you can get stuck there for a long time. (laughs) Right. The cool thing I know a lot of people enjoy is to be able to go out there and trying out the different pieces of equipment. So that's always a, a huge deal of it. But don't forget about all the, you know, there's classes going on and all the other things that go on too. So make sure you check out all those other little things that you might miss out on because you're trying to test out the equipment.
1: And, you know, a strategy that we had for many years is we would actually bring down uh, some of the key people at our own landscaping company to the expo, yeah. and so like I myself, as the owner, or maybe a foreman or something like that, might attend some different training events, while the other guys might be doing some demoing of equipment. So we kind of yeah. try to conquer and divide. So I would highly recommend considering that and. The guys that aren't necessarily going to certain training things, they might be using the equipment on a daily basis. So that might be beneficial for them to check out while someone in in upper level management, per se, might be attending a workshop on recruiting or something like that. So conquer and divide and bring some of your key people.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a great point. I know when we've taken people down in the past. They've always were so excited after leaving there and it's, it's cool to see them get excited and pumped up about your business. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Take your team down there. Adam, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the Profit First program that you guys have and, and what it's about. And just if you don't mind sharing a little bit of information about that.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Profit First is a cash flow management system that we are certified through Profit First professionals. And Profit First was actually a book written by author Mike McCallowitz. And so the whole concept behind Profit First is basically what it is. Traditionally, most businesses look at profits as last. They look at it as their sales of their business minus their expenses. And whatever's left over is the profits. So what we like to say is don't let your profits be your scraps, your leftover. Let profit be first. So we flip that formula and we say now it's uh, sales, your company sales minus your profit equals your expenses. And really what we do is we coach our clients on how to work within your expenses or the amount of expenses that you have in another sense. So uh, we help them with increasing sales, with increasing margins and reducing expenses and really try to keep consistent with their profitability in their business. Don't let profit just be a habit. I'm sorry. Don't let it be an event. Let it be a habit in your business.
0: Nice. Is this something that you, you know, you implemented in your business early on before you started teaching it?
1: It is something that we did implement, yes, a couple of years before we went through the certification program at the Green Executive. We read the book, Sarah read the book. We um, started opening up some extra bank accounts to start kind of divvying up different uh, allocations for our money that was coming in and kind of like squirreling money away into a separate account. And we called that the profit account. And so that is one way that if you're thinking about implementing something like Profit First is you could actually start on your own. And you could just take baby steps by opening up one account extra than what you currently have now. And you could title that your profit account and you could start putting maybe 1% or 2% of all your income into that uh, profit account and kind of stashing it and putting it out of sight, out of mind. And that's kind of like your little nest egg. Is kind of the concept behind profit first is opening up several bank accounts, putting money away and uh, allocating it according to the amount of money that you have coming in.
0: Now... For those that want to open these different bank accounts, I've seen a couple different people do different things, like have one make bank account and then have software that categorizes it, you know, based on that. Is one better than the other as far as that?
1: So um Profit First has recently joined forces with a banking platform. Yeah. It's called Relay Financial. Relay Financial is amazing. If you utilize Relay Financial, that is a Profit First banking system I guess that that has partnered with Profit First and you can do your allocations through that system and it's very easy it's free to do opening up the bank accounts is free the beauty about Relay Financial is there's no minimums to have to have inside each account and there's no overdraft fees or anything like that it's just a very well-rounded uh, banking system dedicated to people that implement the Profit First cash flow system so I highly recommend looking into Relay Financial If you don't want to go that route, work with a local hometown bank that you have inside your community, open up your accounts through them and just see if they'll work with you right so to where they don't have bank fees and and things like that. Tell them what you're doing. And the whole idea behind it really is opening up these different accounts or buckets of areas that you can put your money and divvy out your money accordingly to how your system kind of runs. So the five core accounts in Profit first are your profit account, your owner's pay account, your tax account, your operating expense account, and your income account, your main account, right? So those are the five accounts. And ultimately what you're doing out of the four, so you have your income is your, is your first one, but the other ones, your profit tax, owner's pay and operating expense, you're divvying your money up into those other accounts and you're kind of working within your means particularly on your operating expense account to keep up with your bills.
0: I remember reading the book a while back. Now, I remember one of them was one of the bank accounts. They said, like, have it far away that you have to drive there to get the money out. Is that still something that they push for? Or, you know, being with a relay bank, it's a little bit different now.
1: It is. So uh, I I mentioned five core accounts, right? Technically, there's seven. Okay. And those accounts that you're talking about of having the other accounts at a different bank far away is also a profit and a tax account. And the whole idea of, of that is, is to move it to your first profit and tax account. Once it's there, immediately transfer it to another profit and tax account that is far away. And the idea behind that is, is out of sight, out of mind and to reduce the temptation. Scott, if I were to give you a plate of chocolate chip cookies with 10 cookies in front of there, how many cookies would you eat or take? A couple, two or three, two or three. Right. (laughs) Um, But if you reduce that and and, and move them out of sight, out of mind, you're not going to take any cookies at all. Right. Or or probably not nearly as many. So it's really all about what you have to work with. Another example would be is that if I give you a a million dollars uh, of a budget to go build a house, you're probably going to spend a million dollars to build a house. If I say go build a house with much less than that, you could probably do that as well. So once again, the whole concept is kind of reducing the temptation and still trying to get accomplished what you need to get accomplished with what you have versus having everything in one bucket, if that makes sense.
0: So if, if somebody's interested in like, you know, getting started in profit first, do you recommend going out reading the book first or just reaching out to, you know, somebody like yourself? I highly recommend the
1: book because it's it's awesome. It's amazing. So definitely get just a plain old profit first book. There's there's profit first for therapists, there's profit first for lawyers, there's profit first for contractors. There's a number of different spinoffs of the Profit First book, and those are all great. But I highly recommend just getting the original book by Mike Michalowicz and read that. If you don't like to read, download the audiobook and you can listen to it there as well. Also here at the Green Executive, we have also a like a 14-page Profit First for Landscapers ebook that you can download right off our website. That'll kind of give you the summary as well. But yes, read the book so you start to have an idea of how the system works. And then from there, you could try to implement yourself by all means, and you could be successful with it if you're looking to have someone that is kind of niches in the lawn care and landscaping industry and that's certified in Profit First. Sarah and I offer that as a coaching service uh, through the Green Executive as well.
0: One thing I'll throw out there, for those aren't familiar with Mike McAllowitz, his books are always great to read like or listen to either way. Uh, he's very entertaining. So it's not just like some mundane, basic person writing this book. So I encourage you to go check out any of his books, you know, but if you're looking for The Profit first, it's an easy book to read.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and there's a lot of great information inside there. So check it out. You can get it on Amazon or, or most bookstores. So pick a copy yep. up today.
0: Yeah. And I think he actually has a, um, a video version of it now too. He does. Lit Books or something. I think it was called. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yep. Yeah. I tried one of those. It wasn't for me, but either way, however, you, know, however you can take that information and definitely do it. Now, I know in the, the book, and you talked about splitting the, having the different buckets or bank accounts, is there certain percentages that you have to put into each one of these buckets from that income?
1: There is. So um, the percentages that are inside the book are called TAPs. TAPs is an abbreviation for Targeted Allocation Percentages. And really what that is, is recommending of what your breakdown of your income that you make should go towards in those buckets. And so those buckets are recommended to be different based off of the size company that you're running. So for instance, a $5 million company, owner's pay percentage won't be the same percentage as a company that is $300,000 or less. But in the book, yes, um, it does have the recommended uh, targeted allocation percentages. We share that information as well through our free ebook or even on our website at thegreenexecutive.com, they can uh, get the taps uh, there as well.
0: Are there certain taps for landscapers or just you recommend using the ones that they have in the book to kind of get started?
1: That's a great question. There are not necessarily cer- certain taps for landscapers. However, we, uh, we and I say we, as Sarah and I, as we have coached you know a lot of contractors implementing Profit First, we know typically where healthy companies are hitting and, and unhealthy companies where they're not hitting. And so we can give a great advice on what we see as being a little bit more accurate than what is actually inside book as kind of covering all industries. So that's another reason to work with one that knows the lawn care and landscaping industry as far as for the percentages goes.
0: So overall, you know, if somebody's using the Profit First program, what are some of the, the things that help solve and correct in their business?
1: I would say, first and foremost, by just having those buckets, like I mentioned, definitely helps them understand what they have to work with. So that's one thing that Profit First teaches, I guess, is is when you operate your funds out of different accounts and in other sense, uh, smaller buckets, they typically understand, uh, the, the contractor understands that they need to be in a little bit more frugal and work within that amount of money in the bucket, right? So that's one thing it teaches. The second thing Profit First teaches is how to pay the owner himself regularly and consistently. And I think the third thing that Profit First teaches is cash flow. It teaches that, and that's one thing I wanted to to kind of bring up is something called the seasonal shift, is that contractors oftentimes actually are profitable April through October, right? And then work slows down and They have all these expenses that they still have to pay and they realize that their 10% profit, 15% profit, whatever type of dollar amount or percentage that they're making slowly gets eaten away in the off season as they still continuously have bills and whatnot. So profit first teaches cash flow management. We like to call that the seasonal shift. And that's something that's really, I think uh, a lot of coaches and consultants should be talking about to contractors on hey, we are heading into fall and winter season soon. Do you have a nest egg saved up? And if so, you know, are you able to still continue paying your bills? The IRS doesn't look at, or any potential investor for that matter, doesn't look at a business necessarily as, are they profitable only at a certain time of year? They want to know, is the business profitable as a whole? that's the biggest thing I want to stress is that if your business is only profitable six months or eight months out of the year, but it's not the other, your 10%, 15% profit could easily be eaten up. And then whenever you button up your books at the end of the fiscal year, and now you're like, well, where'd all that money go? Well, it went to continue paying your bills because you're still in operation in the off season.
0: Sure. Can it help too with them understanding as you know, they're not able to put so much money into the accounts as they need to, and you know, put the money away for the wintertime or slower season. Does it help them justify like they need to raise their rates and how much they're charging their clients?
1: Definitely raise their rates or reduce their expenses. Yeah. You know, as I like to say, busy work is typically not profitable work, you know, and so contractors need to get innovative. They need to think about how can we continue cash flow, how can it how can we continue sales in December, January, and February? Maybe it's Offering snow removal services if you have that as an option. Maybe it's offering holiday lighting. Maybe it's uh, a few people on your team are handy and can do a little bit of light carpentry work. So maybe it's something to consider of you know buying an older house and flipping it, right? Keeping the team working inside the off-season. But busy work necessarily isn't profitable work. So you can only sweep the shop floor
0: so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that can easily... Get away from you is that unbillable time of yeah. having somebody just working around the shop. I know early on, it was something that we never really paid attention to until it was too late. So yeah, you definitely need to manage that. Is there, you know, benefits of like using profits up versus like the traditional accounting methods that are out there?
1: You know, I would really just say is that the system really is, in my opinion, almost flawless of, of a system. But the key is, is to When you implement it, learn how it's making your business act and how it makes you feel and adjust your actions to continue making that work. Because if that makes any sense, I don't know how else to explain it, but really by implementing a system and implementing it on a consistent basis is going to tell you what the health of the business is. And really, then it's up to the owner to feel that pain and make the changes to keep moving the business forward.
0: How long does it take to usually implement this and kind of get this rolling? Is it something that takes a while? Is it pretty quick?
1: That's a great question. I would say a minimum it takes to, get and start seeing some results is about uh, three months. And to really start building the habit of doing your allocations on a weekly or a twice a month basis and really kind of get you through all four seasons of a business, I recommend a full year at the minimum. But it's definitely something that you can start seeing results and realizing kind of the rhythms of the business when you start implementing it within the first month or two. Awesome.
0: Now, is there any drawbacks to using Profit First or is it all pretty much all positive?
1: Not really many drawbacks other than you are going to have multiple bank accounts. But in the grand scheme of things, as far as like doing your allocations and then reconciling those accounts, it's really minimal people think, oh, it's going to be a bookkeeping nightmare. And it's really not. So I I really want to stress that it's not a bookkeeping nightmare. It may increase you know, additional book work maybe by 15, 20 minutes a month extra on the reconciliation, but you're just going to have those extra accounts. I haven't really seen any drawbacks to it other than if you are overspending, and if you don't have the proper percentages and dollars inside your bank accounts, if you overdraw those accounts or overdraft those accounts, you know there could be a penalty from your bank if you're not using a company like Relay Financial and your bank does maybe charge overdraft fees and things like that. But that might sting. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's 50 bucks, maybe it's a hundred bucks for overdrafting your account. But um, that's something that will definitely get your attention. (laughs) And hopefully you make an adjustment to where that doesn't happen too often at all.
0: Nice. Now going back, I know you said, you know, either doing it distributing those those funds is it i know you to you do it weekly or every two weeks is there one better than the other
1: definitely you're starting out doing it weekly and the whole idea really is to get into a routine so let's just say for instance that you run payroll on a weekly basis we, we do every other week but let's just say you run payroll on a weekly basis and maybe it's on every friday you know we recommend doing your allocations on like a tuesday or wednesday so that money can be deposited into your account and then transferred to where it's ready to go for payday on Friday. So it's all about getting a rhythm down and making it a habit. And it's really important to, once again, kind of stay up on that. And if you can't remember, you know, set yourself an alarm, put it on the calendar, whatever you need to do, but it's important to um, not just do your allocations. Whenever you go to the bank and make your deposits, it's important to do your allocations on a regular basis. And the same thing, too, with making your deposits into your accounts as well.
0: So, just to kind of clarify, so basically your money's coming in, person pays their invoice, the money goes into the income count. From there, it gets distributed into those buckets.
1: And to those other four buckets, right. Yeah. So, you know, for round numbers, if we're talking, you know, I'm just going to use a very simple number. Let's just say you get a check for 100 bucks. Now, we all typically don't go to the bank and d- deposit just $100 at a time, right? But let's just say for round numbers, you get a check for 100 bucks. You might put five or $10 of that 100 into your profit account and you fund that first. Okay. You might then put 5 or $10 of that into like a tax account. to so where you could pay Uncle Sam. So now you're down to 80 left, right? You might put maybe $30 of that 100 into your owner's pay account. So you could pay yourself as the owner. And then the rest of the money would maybe go to like an operating expense account. And that operating expense account pays your bills. It pays your gas bill. It pays your mower payments. It pays your employees. It pays all the other things. So those percentages that we talked on, those taps, it guides you on what financially healthy companies basically should be hitting, but we always start out kind of small and help you move the needle. And so that's what it really does is it helps you uh, determine those percentages and work within your means.
0: So if, if say for somebody, for example, you know, they're paying whatever bills out of their OPEX fund and they come up short, what what's your recommendation? Do they pull from another account or how do you solve that?
1: Right. So if they are coming up short, what does that mean? What does that mean, right? If they're coming up short, like they don't have enough money to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. So we like to say, if you can't pay your bills, you can't afford your bills. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I want to stress that. If you can't pay your bills, you can't afford your bills. So that tells you that you need to do a couple of things. You either need to be charging more, or you need to be increasing your margins, or you need to be reducing your expenses. I like that. I mean, how do you reduce your expenses? Well, maybe you shop your vendors. When was the last time you shopped your insurance provider? You know, <laughs> I, I know a lot of guys haven't done that in years. All right. You want to keep your insurance providers truthful to you. And there could be thousands of dollars of savings there by looking at possibly other options where you're still getting the same type of coverage. So shop your vendors. You could be working with your vendors like in some sort of a prepaid discount here at Leneman Lawn Care and Landscaping. The people that do our marketing for us at Lindenman Lawn Care and Karen Landscaping, we prepay them for three months in advance. They give us a 10% discount. To me, that's, that's a big enough discount to prepay them. So I, that's one way to reduce my expenses and still get what I need and still get what I want. Other ways to reduce your expenses really is keeping an eye on your labor cost. Right, That's one of the most huge uh, expenses in any business is labor. So, is your labor efficient? Are they are the crews getting out the door on time in the mornings? Is there a lot of rework going on? Is there a lot of warranty work going on? Different things like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. That's that's what makes it to me. it Seems like it's so easy to to make those adjustments because you can just simply look at your bank account rather than trying to like read a P and L or understand right. all those financial forms that are out there. This system makes it that much easier. That to me is one of the benefits too.
1: And, and that is something that they talk about. You know, generally speaking, you can get the health of the business by just looking at the bank accounts. You know, mm-hmm. bank balance accounting mm-hmm. is another term that they use. And yeah, so if those percentages that you're allocating and if you're doing those consistently are looking good, then you're on target. And if you can't pay your bills out of your operating expense account and you need to rob from another account, that's not good. What's going on, right? And maybe it's even a collection issue. It might not necessarily be an expense issue. Maybe it's that. You as a business owner suck at collecting money, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's important as well. Make sure that you're staying on top of your clients and that they're paying you in a timely manner.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. I was actually talking to somebody the other day and they they mentioned they're just so busy out in the field because they're one of the main people out in the field still and they're just falling behind on, you know, billing the customer, even sending the invoicing out. So right. this helps you kind of stay on top of that. I think that's, that's a great point. You have any uh, like success stories or somebody you can share about you know that started implementing and how it's made a change?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Stephen Jackson is a friend of mine implementing Profit First here in the St. Louis area, doing really well with the program. His profit account has been and is growing on a regular, consistent basis. We always emphasize to take a small portion of your profit account and celebrate somehow. Um, I know. Last quarter, he went on a he took his family on a vacation down to Florida, and he shared a picture of his trip with me in there. So that was a win. Uh, Cliff Jones from uh, Landscape Solutions in Nashville, Tennessee. We helped him with Profit First, and he always wanted a Jeep Wrangler. And he built up enough money in his Profit account to where he can go out and buy a Jeep Wrangler for him and his family. So I got a picture of that as well. Myself is is one. I had to implement Profit First myself as a beta Profit First company, I guess, whenever I became certified. And when we started implementing Profit First also and and, and then sharing our successes, that was something like I went out and bought a a side-by-side for myself and for the family to go side-by-side riding on. So a lot of great successes with implementing the program in Profit First.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Like you said, to, to reward yourself, we work so hard in this industry, and we right. don't take the time to eat. Well, some of us don't even pay themselves, but you know, but to you know, reap some of the benefits of, of your hard work in a business. So, I think that's that's a good point. Is there anything else that you can add about profit first that we kind of haven't talked about here? Hmm.
1: I'm trying to think here. What else uh, I, I I really want to mention about it, other than the fact of it, just really. Um, Put your mind at running a business on a cash basis, not necessarily an accrual basis. So mm-hmm. an accrual basis looks totally different, especially if you get like prepays and things like that versus a cash basis when you look at your P&L and your balance sheets. So you, you look at your business a little bit different because it truly is on a cash basis. We like to say if your P&L says that you're healthy, is the business really healthy? Because you have to take into consideration your balance sheet. So something I kind of want to emphasize there is let's just say that, and this is what happens oftentimes is that, you know, you go to file your taxes at the end of the year. And if you are one of the lucky landscapers that actually made a profit, your accountant might say, congratulations, Scott, you made 10% profit this year. And you're like, yes, but where's all the cash at, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I'm a million dollar business and I made 10% profit, according to my P&L, why don't I have $100,000 of cash in the bank? And that's because of what's on your balance sheet. And things that are on your balance sheet, such as your long-term liabilities, payments that you have, mortgages that you have on your balance sheet, truck payments, things like that, that all eats up your cash. And so while you may be having a 10% profit on your PL and in the grand scheme of things, as you look at profit first on a cash basis, the money in, the money out, it might not be as profitable as what you hope for. So it to me, it puts it to a perspective of, yes, you need profit to invest it back into your business to grow your business. But at some point in time, you need to be a little bit more frugal with your money and not just always go out and buy 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 buy. You know, at some point in time you need to control that spending and actually make a true profit. And if you do that, you're going to have a little bit of taxes to pay. That's all there is to it.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't I think people I know my dad used to do this when the the accountant at the end of the year like you mentioned says, "Hey, you made money. Now you need to go spend a little bit of this. Go buy a piece of equipment or whatever." And that's not always the best information. Is that, is right. that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: Th- that is what I'm saying. So yeah. don't go out and buy that shiny new mower just because the accountant says you need a write-off. And I want to yeah. stress that. Don't go out and buy the shiny new mower just because the accountant says you need a write-off. There's other things that you can do with that money if you're smart that could still help out with a deduction or, or, or a write-off in your business that's not necessarily buying something that you don't truly need. Now, if you need that new mower, because you're expanding and you're going to cut five more days a week, then that's fine. But if you don't need it, don't go out and spend money on it. I would much rather to reduce your income and to use more of a write-off, I would much rather see you increase your owner's pay a little bit more to where it comes back personally to the owner. Other ideas, to reduce your income and still benefit you as the owner, maybe you can implement some sort of a retirement plan that could be a deduction for your business. So maybe it's like a simple IRA or something like that. Talk to a financial advisor there. You know, maybe you can use it to start funding some accounts for kiddos that you have. So that's another idea as well. Uh, But there's a a lot of ways that you can use money that's still gonna be beneficial to you, the owner versus always going out and buying a shiny new piece of equipment. So I,
0: I just wanna stress that. That's huge. Yeah. I, I, we see that over and over. And like I said, I know my dad used to do that and like, ah, oh, the accountant says to do this. It makes you wonder if that's why they have the equip expo at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Hmm. Let's they don't see. have it usually like <laughs> in March. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Yeah. No, it, it, it's something that it, to me is a, an issue and that's, Having a system like profits up where you can see that money is in the bank or it's not in the bank and you can make adjustments for like that and it makes it easier to justify not purchasing that piece of equipment or you know what you mentioned here so I think that's it's a huge advantage of you taking advantage of the profits first system now is there anything else that uh, we didn't really cover or anything that you really push for why landscapers should go to the profits first
1: I, I really don't think so other than the fact of you know Most people can get up and running on their own, but it's all about accountability. So if you need accountability partner, if you need someone that has experience in the industry, that's been doing it for a long time, even like such as yourself, get a coach. Right. I think that's so important is to have a coach, someone that's standing in the corner, that's there to cheer you on, that's there to guide you with some wisdom, um, that's there as a second set of ears and use that person. That's something that's kind of actually frustrates me sometimes is that I've worked with a lot of uh, clients over the years and sometimes you won't hear from them from such a long time and they keep paying me. It's like, <laughs> yeah. use me, you know, yeah. text yeah. me, call me, email me. I'm here for you. Or if you don't want to tell me that you're, that you're ready to move on and, and do something different. That's perfectly fine too, but utilize a coach for accountability. We cannot do it on our own. So utilize a coach.
0: Yeah, that that's 100% truth there. It doesn't matter if you read it, learn it, whatever. But if you don't implement it and have somebody kind of push you along to encourage you to do it, it doesn't matter. So, you know, whether you reach out, get coaching or use like a programs like we have or whatever, if right. you don't actually implement it. It doesn't matter at all. Is that something that you see too? I guess we're Landscapers, you know, have all this grandiose ideas of using profit first, start implementing it, start getting the bank accounts, and then they just kind of fall off because they get busy in the spring? Or, we, or we've it?
1: seen it. Yeah, we've seen it. And it's, you know, if you can't make, you know, two hours a month to work on your business with a coach, then in my opinion, you're running a hobby, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I hate to say it that way, and it may be a little bit salty. I don't know, but you need to be working on your business and putting a little bit of time on trying to move the business forward. And hobbies are fine, too. If you want to have a hobby and just make an extra $20,000, a year cutting grass on the side, by all means, I'm not against that. You know what I mean? But I think for the companies that do want to grow a company, even if it's still a small company and still let it be a career, right? You want to do it profitably, and you really want to do it as uh, make it as profitable as you can as fast as you can, mm-hmm. even if you want to stay $300,000 in revenue.
0: Yeah. We actually received, I I took it as a compliment, one of our members, he's 18 years old, just got out of high school, started using our program, and we have weekly or bi-weekly coaching calls. He was coming to these, and he would do it like, he's on the job site, he'd have his phone on him and and attend these meetings, and he left us with saying, like, he appreciates Being able to jump on these calls because it reminds him to be a business owner, that there's more than just being out in the field all the time to actually take action and implement it. So I took that as a compliment. I'm like, well, that's cool. And it kind of really got me thinking about our program. And again, it goes back to you have to have the accountability and be able to take action on it. And, you know, whether you're implementing profit first or anything in your business, you just you just have to do it.
1: Yeah, it's important. And so that's why, you know, we stay on top of our clients and, here's our booking link, you know, book the next call with us.
0: (laughs) We're we're not sending these emails to know you. We're trying to help you out. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it.
1: And and if if I could mention one more thing too, Scott, um, not necessarily is this this tied to profit first, but so important to have a good relationship with a good CPA and a bookkeeper, you know, whoever you use. And then I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend at least having one meeting with your cpa before the end of the financial year or the Mm -hmm. fiscal year to basically be like here's my earnings here's my expenses if i were to close my business down november 1st for the year how do i look what's the financial tax liability that i have if my books were to close november 1st and that's true tax strategizing because that's when your cpa can give you advice on what you can do to offset some of those earnings if indeed you are having a profitable year
0: yeah that's a great point i know we see a lot of people and i know we had this issue with our accountant we waited to the end of the year and then we turn all information into them basically just for the tax purposes but we didn't really utilize the the accountants to their full potential and out you know get advice from them until we started really diving into it the issue that we had with our first accountant was they you know i early on i didn't understand all the lingo and everything they're like speaking way above my head with all this stuff. So having a accountant that can actually, you know, has a heart of a teacher and can kind of make you understand all this information and what goes into what and where it goes, you know, everything is, is very important to me. I think it's yeah. something you need to really look at your accountant and say, are they just there for tax purposes or are they going to help me grow my business?
1: Right. Um, you know, and it's the same thing of, so you want to have a good relationship with a CPA. I think you, you should probably be making a post on social media who do you recommend as a good CPA in St. Louis, Missouri, right? Get some recommendations and interview those CPAs. Pick one out. You're talking about somebody that's going to be handling a lot of information for you and filing your taxes. Find a good CPA that you like. Find one that has some knowledge in your industry or similar industries and utilize them. Yeah,
0: that's great advice there. Well, Adam, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, or any advice you'd like to give landscapers about getting into profit first? I don't think so. Just
1: it's it's time that our industry starts making good money. And as a landscaper myself, you know we all work very hard, and we should be rewarded. So you know, don't be working for free or for very little profit. You go through a lot of stress, a lot of hard work. Oftentimes we our business first over our family, and that shouldn't be the case. So, I recommend just making sure you have good paying clients where you know you're making a good profitable money. But in return, obviously, you need as a contractor to be providing good value as well back to the customer. So, it should go both ways. So, stop the hustle and grind because, in my opinion, long term, that truly isn't sustainable. It's good for a short term thing when you're energetic and trying to get your business up and running but it's not good for a long-term way to run your business. So stop the hustle and grind at some point in time and make your business into a career.
0: Great advice. Yeah, that hustle mentality has been put out there here past couple of years so much, you know, like Gary Vanderchuck and all of them. You're like, yeah, but at some point you're going to get burned out. Trust me, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I agree. So Adam, how can people learn a little bit more about you and the services you provide?
1: Sure. Um, So the best way to reach out really is uh, just connect with me either on social platforms. I'm on Facebook or LinkedIn or uh, to our website at thegreenexecutive.com, thegreenexecutive.com. And happy to connect there with up to a free 30-minute discovery session just to chat, learn a little bit more about uh, your business. And you can learn about our services. And if you need help, see if we can help you out. Do you still have the peer groups? The peer groups, we are not currently running at the moment. So those are actually something that we are getting ready to, to launch again, specifically on the snow side of things. Okay. So if you're a snow guru, or if you do a lot of snow, the peer groups are coming back here in the very near future. We actually have a partnership with LMN on that. But right now, in the landscape peer groups, we are not facilitating those at the moment. Okay. It's just uh, more or less of the private coaching through Profit First implementation, then as well as, our, like I mentioned earlier, our bookkeeping services and so on.
0: Nice. Do you guys have anything that's coming up in the future or anything that you can kind of mention? Yeah,
1: um, I have two events coming up. The first event is at the Equip Expo, so we will be there. We're not speaking or anything like that, but we are there just to meet our, our, our current friends and clients as well as uh, looking forward to shaking hands with potential new ones. I am speaking at the, uh, the DIG conference, DIG, in St. Charles, Missouri, coming up at the end of November. I think it's right after Thanksgiving on Profit First for Landscapers. So uh, if you're in the region you know of St. Louis, um, come check out that seminar that I'll be putting on. Um, but that's really all we have on the books right now at the moment.
0: Do you have any plans of doing any more of those field trips again in the future or still working that out?
1: We're still kind of trying to figure that out. I do know that we are going to be doing some financial workshops uh, pertaining to Element coming up as well. It's basically going to be an Element refresher budgeting refresher workshop. It's kind of for those who already have the software that need to revise their budgets for the next year. We'll be having a couple dates for those coming out soon. And then uh, we very well may do the the Profit First for Landscapers conference a- again next year. But this year, we decided to uh, to put that on hold. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Well Adam, this has been a great conversation. And thank you very much for being on today's show. And uh, look forward to uh, talking to you and working with you more in the future.
1: Sounds good, Scott. Thank you so much.
0: Yep. Have a good one.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Landscaper Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty, means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple, and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.